Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, the podcast hosted by a bunch of beardy man children. Some with exciting pasts as professional athletes, some with tragic backstories, some who like to fantasise about Margaret Thatcher. We use this show as an excuse to catch up on movies we missed when we were bringing up our kids. And just for the absolute lols of it all, we talk about the things our kids watch too. This week we'll be discussing the top five movie spectacles, the feature film Mother, that's a small muh and an exclamation mark, and Australian YouTube sensation Charlie's Crafty Kitchen. There will be bad language and spoilers, and especially in the case of this week's movie, a trigger warning for some distressing scenes that we will have to discuss. Now, where we are in Jersey, we've had an 80% uptake of the first COVID vaccine dose for every person over the age of 30, which is really quite astonishing. Our local government has stated that all of the restrictions that were enacted over the last 20 months or so, period I am voting to call the daft ages, will not be re-implemented. Our test and trace capability is completely overwhelmed, with testing taking days in many cases, and isolation is now required only for people who have a positive test, leaving direct contacts and even those with symptoms who just haven't been tested, they can now roam free and are in fact obligated by law to go out and lick supermarket door handles and flob into public water supplies to encourage herd immunity fuck all of you who are scared and vulnerable or confused you're just grist in the mill of economic recovery so anyway all you guys out there in the rest of the world keep an eye on us because what we're doing is coming your way next which is nice i bring this all up because we're shaking things about this week dan sidey and myself reeks are in the man cave hey hello and Peter, that weekend you spent snowballing with Right Said Fred and Eamon Holmes, then setting all those 5G telephone masks on fire turned out to be a waste of time because you've got COVID, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, Peter, yeah. we have an actual I, I, COVID. I, I am a vid, yeah. I'm, po- I'm positive with it. And contrary to popular belief, it's not bad in the slightest. Well. <laughs> Tell that to the dead people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't. Look at But... Now, it's not dangerous at all because all the vulnerable people are dead. And you used to work in contact tracing, so you would know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. That's why I was fired from contact tracing, actually. The the important thing is you are well, though, aren't you, Pete? You're okay. You're good at that. Yeah, I'm absolutely tipped off. I'm well enough to have had a glass of wine or two and uh, join in remotely. Have you been watching much, Pete, with your enforced sort of isolation? Well, I... Yes, I'm in total self-isolation. Luckily, I at the beginning of COVID, I, I, I manufactured like not quite as glorious as the man cave, but I'm going to call it like a, a bloke den in, in, in the back of my garage that has like a bed, a TV and a, and a desk and an office and so on. So, Toilet paper. Uh, I'm isolating in there. It doesn't have any, any sort of pl- like plumbing, so I'm going to have to hold it in for two weeks. Bucket. Are you sleeping in there? Yeah, no, I've been, so I've been, it's been an opportunity to catch up on loads of things. Um, I've caught up on all of the things, the list of films that Sidey sent me to catch up on because he hasn't fucking sent me any yet. So, but other than that, I did break my, pop my cherry with Karate Kid. Oh, hang on. What, um, the, the original? The original, yeah, I'd never seen it before. That, 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 that means you okay, get well, to watch I, Cobra Kai. Well, the, then the, my list will start with Karate Kid 2 and Karate Kid 3 then. It, it, well, I, that was going to be my first question is, are they are the sequels worth watching? Definitely. Okay, that's fine. And I then did. Cobra Kai I is would... fucking joyous. Yeah, get into Cobra Kai right. after that. Cobra Kai is what, a series? Yeah, yeah. Netflix. And it's seriously good. I, I did... I did wonder, I saw that one of the guys, I can't remember, the, the, the bad yeah. bad sensei guy. I've forgotten his name. Crease. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it, oh, it's Crease. Okay, I thought it was like a like a an anti Asian because he's called John Crease. Yeah. So I thought nah, it was he's, like a he was in Nam. It's a good uh, it's a good uh, segue yeah, from yeah, last week's yeah. top five. Yeah. Did we have any yeah. top five nominations? By the way, now that you mention it, just so uh, Howie made one. I think Platoon. Oh, Howie was, did. Was certainly mentioned. Wait, what was Howie's? Full Metal Began Jacket. Full Metal Jacket was definitely in there. Mm. Well, both of those we deserve yeah. a, a mention, but only one. Can there can make be only it. one. Highlander wasn't in there. No. So uh, I would go Platoon, just for the poster. Who'd edge it? Well, it looks like Peter in his isolation cave is furiously googling. His fingers are yeah, blur. Yeah. I have I'm you good. cracked um, the encryption yet, Peter? No, I'm just trying to I'm trying to find Howie's thing, but I think I've probably scanned past it. So yeah, it's uh, this is great. Great. great well, you pipe content. down and keep searching. Riggs, did you watch anything amusing this week? Nope. Dan? No, just the homework for me this week. And mm. obviously the associate have been following that yeah. is coming home. Oh, it did come home for a little... Well, it was. it's, it's on it's, its way. It's the journey home continues. It's yes. in the post. I didn't watch much other than the homework. It was a very hectic week. I did start watching something called This Could Go Anywhere. And where did, where did it go? It is a sort of travel thing. It's Phil Tufnell going to New Zealand to play golf with Brendan McCullum. They tour around New Zealand. The cricketer? Yeah, it's mildly amusing. Well, he's, quite, he's quite good, tough. Tough, tough is, is, is all right, yeah. It's, I mean, New Zealand looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, it really does look amazing. So that was quite nice. The travelogue element of it wasn't that funny, I have to say, but I'm going to plough on it just because it looks so nice. Mm, like, like I, I did actually watch uh, a film with Chris Pine and our CK man, Calvin Whiplash. Clark. Oh, Sim- um, J.K. Rowling. J.K. C.K. J.K. Tomorrow People, it's called, on Amazon. It's The time- Tomorrow War. The Tomorrow War. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So it's something tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow I might remember the name of the film I watched last night. So that was about... Is it good? It's not Chris hours- Pine either. It's uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. was it Chris? <laughs> so, CP. So- CP and J.K. If you want to piece all that together, <laughs> there's a film on Amazon, which is okay. I was going to watch that, actually. I haven't it's had okay. the time. It's, it's a time okay. travel war thing, right? Yeah. 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 And it kind of looks at it slightly differently. He's a CK, J.K. is not in it a whole lot, but still, when he is in it, it's just great because he, he elevates every scene, doesn't he? He is yeah. great. Pete, you got anything for us? No, I can't find it, so I'm going to give up. Uh, I have actually... There's one other thing that I've watched that I'd like to mention, which I've started the series as well as rewatching Game of Thrones, just because it's amazing. I'm watching the Hitchcock Hour. Okay, yeah. So it's it's basically which like really confusingly, none of them are an hour long, but <laughs> it it's a load of just short stories about they're about sort of 48, 45 minutes long, and they're kind of like murder mystery twisty. Okay. There was one of them that was fucking brilliant that i watched the other day called the final escape sort of um, twilight zone but without the sci-fi maybe yeah yeah it, it's it's the the actual like episodes themselves are brilliant but the introductions by like hitchcock himself fucking bizarre like uh, so this is an old know. an old show is it you're watching or is it yeah, it, this yeah. Is, he's this like, is like welcome to hitchcock's hour blah 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 yeah. blah 
yeah, it's the one where he kind of like leans forward and says, good evening, and then starts, and then introduces one of the episodes, and it keeps cutting back to him in the middle of the episode. One of them, he was like crushing grapes in a big barrel. Another one, he had a <laughs> finger in a dike. Wait, the... <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Fucking mental. But the, the episodes themselves are like, I, I'm not like, I'm not really a, a Hitchcock aficionado, but you can kind of see where the... Like, I mean, and there's, there's like 350 episodes or something mental what, like that. Is this a Netflix thing, Pete, or Amazon, or...? I'm I'm, I'm doing it on a naughty box. It was probably originally but, broadcast with adverts, which made it an hour long. Exactly, yeah. Right, okay, that'll be it then. Because it does say, it does actually say, I'm, and now we're going to cut to a message from your station or something. Yeah, yeah. But, station! Yeah, like early, uh, early 60s, for ran for about five years, and brilliant. Like so, I mean, all black and white, and some some of the, you know, the acting isn't like top draw compared to like what you get today. But the the, the stories are all original ideas. Like the, yeah, I bet there's some really clever yeah. clever stories in there. Oh, check that one out. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. That segues very nicely into this week's top five, which yes. I didn't know until this morning. Didn't involve sunglasses. Top five spectacles. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I was quite clear about this. I don't know that you were. I think that it's. You said glasses. I didn't. I said spectacles. Did you? Yeah, and okay. Riggs definitely said spectacles. Would, would yeah. a spectacle be some action movie? Would that be a spectacle? Well, I, <laughs> I did mean, wonder. how far how far were we going to push this? Riggs? <laughs> I did wonder if anybody was going to go with that. So to help you out, a lot of dilemmas. Sunglasses are out. Out, okay, out, out. Okay. Visors are out. Oh, unless, no, there's another one gone off the list. Unless you can make a really great case for them. Okay. Uh, I wrestled with allowing the pants nay. You know that? The sort of armless glasses that just sort of rest on the end. Oh, I don't yeah, anyway. yeah, they, They're in, but not shades. So Morpheus of, from the, the Matrix can really fuck think off. Of. Monocles are in. Basically, their function has to be corrective because, like, 75% of adults, I wear glasses. 75%? Well, I guess so, because, look, three, of the, real three of the four yeah. here does. Because I was I, astonished at yeah. that. Where did you get that from? I Googled not, not, it. Okay, because the post I put up was just the us here, you know. No, that is... So, so we are representative of so it's a, the wait, wider public. According to the Vision Council, I don't know who they are. I the think Style Council. Style Council, yeah. the same, yeah. <laughs> about 75% of adults use some sort of vision correction. About 64% of them wear eyeglasses. About 11% wear contact lenses, either exclusively or with glasses. About 164 million people in the US, almost 40 million in the UK. I feel this is massively underrepresented in movies. Um, eyeglasses. And misrepresented. Yeah, because, you know, glasses, I guess, can be a pain sort of lighting or camera wise, extra shadows or highlights on faces, you know, maybe reflections to deal with. But they're absolutely vital in in making some characters the characters they are without glasses. You just couldn't picture some characters. Well, it it instantly means things in movies and films, doesn't it? When somebody's wearing glasses, like not that it does in real life, but well, in that case, seeing as you've got such stringent rules, do you want to far away? Um, blub, 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 blub. I could not blub. I'm going to talk about Kevin, the mute cannibal killer who preys on prostitutes in Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez's Sin City. It's Elijah Wood. I really liked this movie. We've talked about it a couple of times. Kevin lives at the Rourke family farm and he uses the basement of the farm as an execution chamber for his victims. He kills and eats them and then he mounts their heads on the walls like hunting trophies. It's, It's just 
fucking twisted. Kevin kills Mickey Rourke's Marv's one true love. So there's a just a huge bloody fight between them. Eventually, Marv overpowers him and feeds him to his own dogs, and he smiles he just uh, sits there, with a blissful he? smile on his face. It's chilling. It's utterly like the comic book just brought to life although the characters are slightly different and the glasses are a key part of it sometimes you can see his eyes sometimes you can't they're a really big visual feature it was one of the first things i thought of when this topic came up okay well i'm gonna go for the obvious one because why not superman clark kent never has a character used his glasses to such effect really but what Reeves just said was they had to be corrective, and I don't think <laughs> that, that Clark Kent needed the assistance of spectacles. Oh, oh because wow. I had Alvinus, but I was wondering if he was going to kick off then. Well, I don't know. He might now that you've said that. It they hadn't are. occurred to me, and it was on my list, but I think they should be banned. Yeah. They are an incredible disguise, though, it has to be said. It's, yeah. it's yeah. unbelievable. From mild-mannered Clark Kent to, to Superman. You, there wow, it is. Reed, there it is. As <laughs> simple as that. Disappeared. Just, Where's who, he gone? Who are you yeah. in his place? As a kid, this never really convinced me that the world couldn't see who he was. Well, he did also kind of slick his hair back a bit. Yeah, there was there was yeah. a few other minor changes, but um, still, as a as a six year old kid watching Superman, I still wasn't tricked. I knew. Well, I think that was him just by looking at him. The point of the. It's not the glasses, though, is it? It's what they represent, because it's supposed to be that he's so different that you would never, ever... I mean, of course, that's just completely lost when... He's a bumbling ones. sort of oaf. Well, he is in the Christopher Reeves one. In the in the recent ones, he's kind of basically the same person, whether he's Superman yeah. or Clark. But, yeah, I did actually mean the Christopher Reeve ones, because that's the ones mm. that I grew up with. And there, I think there was the, the famous scene where... He's he's bumbling around the office. He's bumping into everything. He's constantly adjusting his glasses. Yeah. And then he hears somebody in trouble. He runs downstairs into the telephone box and he, he's out. Brilliant. Oh, I feel like I'm going to have a battle on my hands. You yeah. said no visors unless there was a very good reason. Scott Summers is Cyclops in the X-Men. And they he, are corrective. Really, he wears a visor because they are corrective and they also prevent him from just laser beaming everyone in the room <laughs> yeah. with his eyes so that I, would be corrective they're, yeah, they're okay. more protective than corrective probably but i feel yes. like they were an essential part of the character yes i agree we allowing that one yeah go on let him in wow we're just letting anything yes. happen i think now, if I, no but if i had laser vision like i correct my short <laughs> and long sightedness but if i had laser sightedness i would also want to correct that yeah so, Reeks, can we can we just get this straight? So, you said they have to be corrective, and they cannot be visors. And in the first two shouts from other people, <laughs> allowed non-corrective. And he did visor. say, unless you make a very good case for them. So, you just got to make a good enough case. Well, Pete. Superman never okay. didn't go in, did it? I don't think we, we allowed it. We start did making we? strong cases for sunglasses. No. What, what about corrective sunglasses? I wear corrective sunglasses. No. Yes, corrective sunglasses. If you could prove the character had them as, yeah, all right, corrective sunglasses. I wear them as well. We need their prescription. Yeah. Um, oh, is it, is it my turn? Sure is. Okay, well, I, well, I might I might as well go big because it's iconic and there's only other one guy, there's only one other guy in the room, or not in this room because I'm by myself, <laughs> but in, in your room who would give this character and franchise some love, and that's Harry Potter. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, I think his, I don't know. And I mean, Clark Kent's right up there, but Harry Potter, is he, 
is there many more iconic characters who who wear glasses? One question I have got is that surely there must be a spell that that they can use to just correct eyesight. Like he breaks his arm in one of the films. Doesn't even need us. I think there's actual surgery. Could just go in for that, couldn't he? Well, the, the, yeah, but maybe not in the in the in the Harry Potter world. In fact, I did actually do some research, and there's <laughs> there's a lot of characters in um, the Harry Potter franchise that wear that wear glasses. Obviously, Dumbledore's got them. He's got the half moon glasses. You've got uh, like Professor McGonagall, Arthur Weasley, Percy Weasley. Like there's there's a lot of people. This Rita Skeeter wears uh, glasses as well. Rita Skeeter. <laughs> Rita Skeeter, yes, that's I, right. I do like the so half glasses. I think, um, yeah, Harry Potter is a great shout, and I think one of the tests of how effective the glasses are are when they translate into fancy dress. So you can just put a gown on, yeah, and you're just a generic witch or whatever. But as soon as you put those yeah. glasses on, you know yeah. exactly who that person is supposed to be. So. John Lennon. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a good one. Groucho Marx. Also, I, th- I think if you're if you're a kid at school, and I don't know if bullying still goes on, but <laughs> if you're a kid at school and you wear glasses, you're getting called Harry Potter. Yeah. And like if you're fat, so, something like Harry Porker or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you've got, yeah, you've got like a beard, you're Harry Potter. Yeah. But, yeah. But, so Honestly, there's billions of them, guys. Just make your own up. Right. Apparently, the reason why Harry Potter has glasses is that J.K. Rowling herself wore glasses as a child. Nerd. And when she when she fed up with reading books where the the characters that had glasses were always the brainy ones, so she wanted to create a hero where who was an idiot. Um, <laughs> 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 Yeah, a, a guy wearing glasses who was a moron. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a main sort of protagonist with with glasses on and. Uh, I'll give five points to Sidey if he can tell me the spell that repairs glasses. No, we'll never clue. Ah, it's Oculus Repairo, obviously. Oh, okay. Oculus Repairo. All right, okay. Yeah. So if ever you break your glasses, just bring them round and I'll Oculus Repairo them. Okay. Wow. Will Smith turned down the lead role in The Matrix to star in this movie that I don't think I've ever talked about on the pod before, being a huge fan Wild of the Wild television West. series that it was based upon. He later said it was the worst decision he made in his career. It's Wild Wild West. It's amazing that in a steampunk western where President Ulysses S. Grant must be rescued from the clutches of a diabolical wheelchair-bound Confederate scientist played by Kenneth Branagh, bent on revenge for losing the Civil War, and a climax in which he terrorises everyone in a giant mechanised spider, the idea that there might be a black man as a top government agent four years after the end of the Civil War simply cannot be made believable. Yeah, anyway, Branagh's done some stinkers, isn't he? This is terrible. I mean, it's Barry Sonnenfeld. It's, this is yeah. right up there with really awful shit. But there is a good scene in it where uh, Kenneth Branagh, Artemis Gordon, he's got a device that can project the last thing a murder victim saw before he dies. But they, <laughs> to, to do it, he has to like mount the victim's decapitated head onto it and then it's like a projector sort of thing and at first it's like really blurry when you see so he just picks up the glasses from the table and he puts it on the head and he beams stuff onto the wall it's quite funny okay well i've i've got a film that i don't think we've talked about before it's called top secret with val kilmer can you remember this film it's like a spoof film of a spy kind of story and in one scene Val Kilmer goes into a place called the Backwards Library I think it is where Peter Cushing is there Cushing Peter Cushing 
the old Grand Moff of, Tarkin. Yeah. yeah. And he played Dr. Flamond, who had the, the part I remember, he's actually holding a magnifying glass up to his eye. Can you remember this part? And when he takes the magnifying glass away, so his eye just looks huge. Huge, yes. And then when he yeah. takes it away, he's actually nothing changes he's just got a huge eye and he does then reach for his glasses afterwards which has got one massive glass eye it's uh, leslie nielsen in this one one. i don't know he may have a small part in in it leslie nielsen there's a a few kind of characters that that jump in and it it was a big one for val kilmer i think Mm. at the time because it's it's a young val but there's there's laughs in this one of right at the end is as they're saying goodbye to everyone and she's going oh i'll miss you the most mr scarecrow who hasn't been in it at all Mm. like you know it just goes on and on all these spoofs that weighs into different films that have been out around the time and and big culturally it's a funny one a a nice one to check out with the kids as well and great spectacles cool there's a kind of certain style of glasses that appear quite frequently and i've got a little team of them here first up it'd be michael kane in the ipcris file mm. as harry palmer they're the sort of black thick rimmed i'm sort of wearing something relatively similar says so they are sort of kind of old-fashioned the ones that michael kane is wearing are by curry and paxton well, i know the ones you mean they're really shit looking ones aren't they Yes, really yes, of, they are. Yeah. yeah, similar glasses worn by Austin Powers. Yes, in the Austin Powers movie, and our team captain is that cheeky sexual um, pervert uh, Woody Allen. Also, oh. has the similar vibe going on with his glasses. Yeah, that's a nice trio. Yeah, you've just reminded me of a, of another character that's got similar glasses. So I'll just wedge in. It's Gary Boosie in the film Buddy Buddy Holly because they're mm. very much Buddy Holly yeah, style yeah. glasses. Aren't what they? about um? defends from falling down were his those style i've not seen that yet and it's on netflix i keep meaning to watch it but i never get time that should be a midweeker for sure pete you're up okay got really a really cool well funny character is a favorite of mine bricktop from uh snap he's strange in that he's kind of terrifying but also laughable at the same time He, he talks about how he when he walks into a room and there's, there's uh, most of the people that don't know him don't think a great deal of him, but the one that does, who ha- just happens to be like the yardie in the room, is looking pretty sheepish because he knows that he's a he's a horrible gangster who keeps pigs and and feeds uh, feeds yeah. bodies to them. But he's got some some pretty hefty glasses. He's played by Alan Ford, and he's got yeah. I think these are probably like a, a bigger version of the the Michael Caine glasses that mm. you're talking about, side. And I think he must be. He must be pretty long-sighted, so he can't see close up because the the lens is convex, so they make his eyes look a lot bigger. So he, yeah, it makes him look almost like kind of cartoony. They do quite a lot of shots of him in in the film, and he's quite menacing. He's but, a right um, nasty character, isn't he? He's uh, if he I is. throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know how it fucking tastes, and he's yeah. like really heavy. He's got, he's got some great lines in it obviously there's the you know do you know what nemesis means and stuff and then describes himself as an an horrible cunt but yeah he he, he was one of the the first people i thought of when it came to bespectacled people in film cool in gremlins in gremlins 2 when he takes the brain serum yeah he's sort of he's off screen for like a second and you can see his shadow but he just instantly just like gets a pair of glasses out from nowhere and that's part of how you can tell that he's He's smart. Yeah. The Joker says to Batman, 
in the Tim Burton one, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Uh, but he does. Hmm. Smacks him right in the face. Similarly, Ace Ventura, uh, When Nature Calls. Do you remember the, the monocle-wearing guy? Oh, yeah. And he's got a uh, sort of like, his missus has got a fox around yeah. his neck or something. So, oh, the Monopoly guy. Yeah, the Monopoly guy. So yeah. he, he, lays him, he lays him out. Uh, and then drapes him over his shoulders like a scarf and he's singing and dancing. And then he sort of hands this guy back to the... He's like a tiny little bald guy with glasses. Well, a monocle. And he hands it back to the, the woman. He says, it's lovely, but I fancy myself in autumn. And he sort of swans off. Papillon. The original Papillon had Dustin Hoffman playing Louis Dega, who was a financier sent to French Guiana with Papillon, basically for the rest of their lives they're going to go out onto devil's island and live the rest of their lives there and dagger's glasses is similar to the ones that pete talked about earlier and and kind of a mix with with very thick rim thick set glasses that you can see the eyes right through but they've been kind of handmade as well so look a little bit like harry potter's with the with the wires on and everything and it really brings his character to life actually you know you can see that this is a guy who spent his entire life behind a book behind a desk in a ledger he's not a hard criminal and he obviously is a a high profile character there a high profile prisoner everybody thinks he's got money everybody wants him to 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 shake him down a little bit and Steve McQueen and Papillon take him under his wing a little bit and protects him on the long boat ride to to French Guiana where they end up settling in and without his glasses he's completely lost you know I think there's one mm. scene where his la- his glasses do get lost and he's one of those people that literally cannot see it in what's in front of them if mm. they haven't got their glasses it's a fantastic character and it's it's really just a, a wonderful wonderful film that how how bad are you without your glasses are you I'm all right uh, pete what what about you yeah i'm pretty shit i'm both short and long so i said i i wouldn't be able to read anything without my glasses on i'm all right driving without them but yeah no i'm pretty terrible i'm a, like a permanent window face now yeah yeah, me too. Me too. I've worn glasses basically ever since I can remember, which is about when I was 16. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, so far so good. But yeah, I, I imagine it will it will It's a matter of time, Dave. Yeah, it's a matter, matter of, time. of time. Another 50, 60 years, I'll probably be wearing them. Yeah, it's just everything else that's failed you, Dave. Yeah, no. Well, I might get shot down here, but Spider-Man Far From Home, it's the film following is that following end, from end game and tony stark has passed but he has left some of his tech to oh. peter parker which includes a pair mm. of glasses correct does they're not corrective though are they i think that's gonna have to be a no is that a no okay yeah. well let's go for cast your mind back not too far but there was a briefly great but ultimately disappointing series called heroes yeah and the sort of shady bureaucrat villainy guy was called Noah Bennett, but but more yeah. often known as uh, horn-rimmed glasses. Yeah. Because he had <clears throat> horn-rimmed glasses. And those first two words were in the name of your sex tape, I think. <laughs> yeah. Season one was really good. It was great, and then it was turned off. And then that. it was just awful. Yeah, I tried to convince... I think I watched all of season two convincing myself it was, like, okay, but it wasn't. They even tried to bring it back. They rebooted it, and it was turned again. Oh. I've just, just very quickly, I've got another TV, TV series one just because it's my only one and it's such a fucking good TV series. I wouldn't say the glasses are iconic, but those worn by Walter White or Heisenberg is 
another sort of main character that wears glasses. But the one I'm going to go for is the only member of the Seven Dwarfs to wear glasses who was Doc. I think, again, just kind of perpetuating this, well, I'm going to say myth, that people who wear glasses are more intelligent than anyone else. All the reading they've done. Well, that must be it. I guess back in the day when glasses weren't as, as easy to come by or whatever than the people who went went to the bother of getting them so that they could a see things but b read books that would kind of class them as as more intelligent than other people i guess but what a bunch of dicks reading books oh no yeah (laughs) i can watch telly now so it's fine (laughs) but yeah so doc is the only is the only guy or the only dwarf to wear glasses and he's also the only dwarf whose name is not an adjective wow there okay. you come. This is yeah. the kind of content that, that we dynamite. are filled. Yeah, this is. Well, that's that's what that's what you this sort is of deliver. If you've got lots of time on your hands. That that and masturbating. Knives Out is a movie that we reviewed on the pod, and it has lots of close-ups and and lots of characters who've got glasses in it. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, with the red ones. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Craig. He had them as well. Benoit Blanc. Thank you. What was interesting about it is when I was looking today, I saw that the way that the production had like sculpted to reshape the lighting equipment into the scenery. So to see things that you'd realistically expect to see reflected in the glasses, because there were so many characters wearing glasses and it's really clever the way they did it. There's a, a behind the scenes shot of Jamie Lee Curtis shown in a movie where it looks like windows are being reflected back into her glasses, but it's taken from the other side. You can see the lighting rig with this like fake window frame deployed in front of it. Presumably it is a pain in the ass having characters with mm. and there are some famous examples aren't there of in the matrix and stuff of things being reflected like lighting yeah. and stuff like that that you shouldn't have seen but that was sunglasses so fuck that do you remember anybody see the charlie sheen baseball movie major, major league. league yeah yeah and it. he's ricky wild thing vaughn and he's got shit eyesight but he puts on glasses like buddy holly style ones and he's absolutely amazing i haven't seen that movie probably for 20 odd years i remember it being absolutely brilliant yeah i loved it I probably, I bet if I revisited it now, I, I wouldn't think so, but just leave that one there. Yeah, maybe. It might be one of those that's best, best left. They broke my glasses. Anyone get that from that brilliant impression? It was, of course, Piggy yeah, from Lord of the, of the Flies, flies <laughs> which is well, it's, a, it's a classic book. And I think this film came out probably about 1980 or 19. 19- 85 between those years because i watched it when i was quite young and it's about it's it's about loads of um boys that find themselves alone on an island and eventually start they go feral yeah they go feral and and start policing themselves and and there's divisions within the campers as some of the boys bully other boys and it, it mm. gets worse and worse. And Piggy is the, the, the portly young lad who wears glasses and those, you know, really strong glasses that if he loses, much like uh, Lewis Dager, he's goosed without. And of course, during one of the raids and the fights, his glasses get smashed, mm. which pretty much leaves Piggy, you know, blind ac- across the island. It, things get worse for Piggy as well. It doesn't. It doesn't go well for no. him. But it's it, it's a classic film and a huge spectacle moment. 
I felt. Do you know it, it, it uses the the spectacles as it, a bit of a plot device? Yeah, as absolutely. Well. Uh, considering what a huge part of culture it was, I've, I've neither read the book nor seen the film. I do know the well, story, but oh, so at school we must have been in a different yeah, class. I think we were. Yeah, is the film any good though? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only read the book, but I, I might give that. I might add the. the Ooh, I read a book. Yeah, and look, Andy's got glasses. Yeah, a nerd. You didn't have to tell us you read books. Yeah. We could tell. If I said the name Martha Plimpton, would anyone know who she is? Uh, sounds familiar, but I'm not going to get her, I don't think. She Meryl is Street. an actress um, who played a character whose name I don't have in The Goonies. Oh. She was not the... She's the one who gets off with him in the cave. Yeah, yeah. she has those kind of big-ass... Like really shit glasses that are like super fucking trendy, like Jarvis Cocker style, almost yeah. like enormous. Like look like almost like the Dennis Taylor kind of snooker glasses <laughs> yeah. that like hipster London types probably wear them. You know, empty frames with no actual yeah. lens in them at all. So she was uh, ahead of her time in the, the trendiness. Those glasses reminded me a little bit for no reason. The girl out of Ghostbusters, Janine Melnitz. She wore glasses. Janine Melnitz. Yeah. I had her on my list. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, right. I've got another girly one, which is Rachel Lee Cook. She plays Lainey Boggs in... She's, oh, she's all that. She's all that. It's yeah. another sort of disguise because she is bogging yeah. when she's wearing glasses. But it turns out, yeah. against all odds, she's actually super hot. Yeah. 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 She just needed a bit of a makeover. Just that yeah. Clark Kent thing going on. A couple of quick mentions. Napoleon Dynamite obviously mm. keeps getting mentioned. And, and also his brother Kit. Both of them wear glasses. They're both cool or not cool, but they're they wear glasses. Glovin. Yeah. Yeah. He wears sort of like little oval glasses and a shit waistcoat. And what's his name? Vogel. But he, yeah, he's he's an amusing character in, in that film, in a, like a brilliant film. The one next one I'm going to mention... I, I don't know if this counts actually because I'm I'm not sure if they're goggles or not. But all of the minions from the the, the Despicable Me franchise and Minion, what are we having that rig? Well, it, is that protective? Is that like PPE rather than? Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like theories online about this. There's no actual concrete sort of evidence as to whether they're glasses or goggles. There are theories that that they're protective goggles because obviously they're they're like you know making things and and uh, it's protective eyewear and also because it's seeming like you never see them blink, so maybe they don't have any eyelids. Mm. So there might be uh, a protective. There's another theory that because they're minions and originally the uh, the minion, uh, the word minion is is like a worker for the devil, and so in order to like mingle in like around on without being kind of like suspected of anything, they they wear glasses so that they're I don't know they're less kind of they look less like the devil's henchmen or whatever. And, and um, this is but, in the movie, is it? I. Well, have you not seen any of these movies? Well, no, I think I have, movie. but I don't. Re- I, these are parts that I, that went over my head. No, these these are not theories of the movie. These are like theories that are online. Remember, again, I've, I've had so much time with my hands. I've been researching. <laughs> I've been researching why the minions wear glasses. This, yeah, lots and there's lots of. Can we just rule this out so all theories, this research no, is actually, wasted? Yeah, but the, the creators have never actually got come out and confirmed. Well, until they then, all have these glasses slash goggles whatever you want to call them i think until um, we get the word of of god from the author has to be an honorable mention then not a yeah. full nomination yeah oh. 
can't have that. Okay, beat. fine. Well, move on. I've only got a couple more, but um, move on. Yeah, I'll just last couple. When I saw this on British TV, I think it was called A Night on the Town, which is a really inferior title to Adventures in Babysitting. Anybody remember that movie with Elizabeth Shue? She plays somebody called Chris. She's got a big night planned out with her her boyfriend cancelled, so she has to babysit for these people. She settled in for a really dull night when her friend Brenda calls her to say she's marooned at the bus station and she's like lost her she's had her glasses stolen and she's like wandering around the bus station blindly and she like mistakes a rat for a kitten and she tries to pick it up and yeah so the glasses are like the driving part of the plot it's got vincent d'onofrio playing thor if anybody anybody remember this movie no just me no shame on you it's a good 80s could sort of john hughes but not john hughes clarence bodica we always talk about uh, robocop he yeah. wears glasses uh he was made to resemble heinrich himmler so um not friend of the pod groucho mark stuck soup or any of the groucho marks movies really just stick a grout you know yeah i just on. don't think i've actually seen any of them duck soup's good it's is it? like not even in a like oh you must watch this yeah. no it's just good and my last one was going to be gregory peck in to kill a mockingbird as atticus finch that you know his glasses are so much part of his character yeah yeah okay well i'm i'm just gonna rattle through three that i've got left mr holland's opus is one of the films that i actually really like richard, richard dreyfus plays a, a music teacher and it goes through his life and throughout that film he wears glasses or, or least, i think he does take them off in one scene but then he puts them back on um because he he wants to see something that's how i hear glasses work the other one is is ralphie from a christmas story which i made you all watch uh, i think a christmas or so back um when he wanted his red rider carbine action 200 shot range rifle and uh, everyone told him he will shoot his eye out and of course he did and smashed his glasses whilst doing that in fact those glasses probably saved his eye and the other one is Ned god Bryerson. i hated that film i hated that film Wait, that, that, ned oh good oh. ned bryerson is um, from groundhog, groundhog day yeah. and uh and ned will uh, will come up to to phil every every day and uh, tell him um hey i've missed you so much and everything but i just really like so that good, character those scenes. um yeah it's like really one good. time he kisses him one yeah. time he lays him out no <laughs> he, he, he actually turns it right round on him two or three sometimes he just smash him in the face yeah. and, and and wanders off but ned bryerson had some great glasses too Oh, here's a list of some that you won't let me have. Well, save them for when the thing that we can have them in can we can. Well, have I them don't in. think they'll go into this one either. One of Biff's cronies in Back to the Future is called 3D because he wears 3D glasses all the time. I think that's probably all right. Is They're it? not corrective though. I don't think. Well, well it's, don't it's to correct to correct the film for him. Yeah, okay then. My favourite Nicolas Cage movie is National Treasure, where he destroys ancient documents and artefacts in order to save one document part of the plan he has to wear some 3d glasses invented by benjamin franklin but they're just for that one part of the plot they're not really corrective glasses in that sense they're ridiculous those movies aren't they but they're quite good fun yeah they're they're okay yeah yeah the world is not enough is a james bond film it doesn't feature timothy dalton sadly it has piers brosnan (laughs) he has some x-ray specs that he wears in a casino which allows him to see who is carrying a weapon and also you can see all the girls underwear but none of the blokes underwear all right specifically they're only underwear like 
deep. They can't go yeah, any they deeper can't, than that. You don't that. see any like Vag. bush or tits. You yeah. just see <laughs> clever glasses. Yeah, they only go one layer deep. That seems like a limitation to me because if you were a gunman, you'd be like, I'm just going to yeah. wear the gun under my pants. Yeah. And then it'll all be fine. Uh, and then one that you should allow is Walter Sobchak has some mm-hmm. yellow yeah. tinted glasses and they're not sunglasses because he has them on throughout the entirety of the film, he indoor does. and outdoor. He does. So yeah. they're obviously some kind of correctional colour thing that he has and he's one of the greatest characters of all time too. Yeah, yeah. So that's my list. Okay, I'm just going to finish up really quickly with my list of glasses, not anything else I'm doing. Patrick <laughs> Bateman from American Psycho, he has uh, glasses. They are actually based on the glasses that Gregory Peck wears in To Kill a Mockingbird. And also I think like a qu- like quite an iconic one, I guess, is Chief Brody uh, from Jaws mm. is wearing some... I guess they're aviators, but they're not sunglasses. He's wearing those throughout the film, predominantly. And the last one I'd like to finish on is, I don't know if you're aware of the character Fuller McAllister, who is the cousin of Kevin McAllister (laughs) in the Home Alone franchise, played by by Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran uh, Culkin. Excellent. Right then, Riggs, what are you going to put in the vault? I'm going to put Sin City in. Dan? Well, it it comes back around to me. I'm... I'm torn between Louis Dager, Dustin Hoffman in Papillon, and Ned Bryerson. I think I'm going to have to give it to Louis Dager and Dustin Hoffman. I will put in Walter Sobchak. Oh, nice. I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Nice. Nice glasses. Nice on four eyes. Charles is cheese. There's only one cheese board tonight, and it's not in the man cave, which is is a bit of a shame. But what is on the cheese board, Peter? Yeah, I was lucky enough to still take a delivery of cheese before my incarceration. So I'm sorry to say for, for you guys, but not so much for me, that this is probably the best spread that we've had. I'll hold them up to the camera for, for your viewing pleasure, but also describe them. So we've got an ashed, soft, unpasteurized goat's cheese. As you can see, it comes in a sort of a pyramid, mm. which is it's from the Loire. It's a lovely place, the Loire. I canoed down there once, the oh, Loire nice. River. I went there yeah. with my wife before we had kids. It was bliss. Oh, <laughs> remember those days. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've also got here a pecorino al tartufo, mm. which I think is, I think tartufo probably means truffle. Because this has a, it says here, don't just take my word for it, a, a gorgeous scorzone truffle aroma. Although it is it is non-invasive. Il, Il Fiorino's ewes found in the sea-bound hills of Maramar. And that's where this uh, soft pecorino comes from. Oh, it's so evocative. Um, the semen-bound hills. Yeah. The bee's <laughs> knees of cheese you've got there. It really looks uh, We've also got, I think, I think one of the better blues I've, I've ever had is Burt's Blue right here. Which, as you can see, it's quite, quite. It's it's a small, uh, uh, a small round of blue cheese, which are, they're quite hard to come by, apparently. And the uh, the bluing can be a little sporadic, but the flavours that it brings permeate the entire cheese. All right. Wow. Okay. And I think definitely that that now I I like brie is brie for me, but this this right here is Ooh. a brie de Mordonga which is, and I will read the full description of it, the promise of, of soft riches that glide down the tongue. Yeah. As Bridemot's cheese eases away from its crust, from the Ile-de-France outside Paris 
and made by the Donga family. Nine times winner of the coveted Medaille d'Or. Full flavoured, with a common bear-like fruitiness. Absolutely the real thing. Wow. Nine time winner. You can't. You can't yeah. shake your head too much at that. I mean, that's... No, I mean, it's, it's a nine times Madai door winner. So what are you going to do? If your hideous virus laden hands weren't all over it, I would be all over that cheese. <laughs> disappointing <laughs> cheese update is that that is the last delivery of the current subscription that you have. That is. That is the last delivery of the current subscription. Although... I think, yeah, mechanisms are, are being put in place to ensure that, that, you know, this can be something that is resurrected. You're getting the finances Yeah, me and Peter are going to re-up on the subscription. Get, you yeah. know, just make yeah, yeah. move a few, you know, financial positions, that sort of thing. Exactly right, exactly right. Just sell some assets, release some assets, yeah, realise yeah. some assets. Yeah. The, the sad irony of, of tonight is that because I've got COVID, I can't taste any of these cheeses. Oh, is that a fact? Can you can you literally no, not? No, 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 I can't. I can taste them all. There's absolutely fucking nothing wrong with me, but I still have to isolate according to the That law. is debatable, I would say. Do you remember the series of Alan Partridge where he was in the Norwich Travel Tavern? Yes. Yes. There was a scene where he was having a meeting with a BBC exec and he got a massive slab of cheese and shoved it in front of his face. Do you remember... Do you remember what he said? No. He said, smell my cheese, you mother. Yes, and that segues <laughs> very nicely into this week's movie, which was Mother. Yes. Very <laughs> oh, good. Well very good. So Mother is a 2017 movie about which I knew virtually nothing before watching. So that's my caveat out of the way. I knew a few things about it. It was by a director, Darren Aronofsky, who did Pi, Requiem for a Dream, Noah, The Wrestler, Black Swan. He's a guy I like. He makes interesting, ambitious movies that often deal with Jewish theology in abstract ways. And that this movie had absolutely polarised critics and the public, perhaps more so than any other movie I'd ever heard of. That was the the thing about it. And I knew it had a great cast. Jennifer Lawrence, who proved her acting chops in the likes of American Hustle and Javier Bardem, who is obviously really great. But I knew nothing of the plot, what type of movie it was, etc. Disclaimer out of the way, trigger warning, because this was something, wasn't it? This was, uh, this was a movie. This had sort of... As soon as it got into it, I had Midsummer vibes in that sort of tense. Like, mm. I didn't know it was a horror at all. It was the, no, the, I didn't. the day after you nominated it, Pete screenshotted the thing off his computer where it said horror and he put you horrible fucker or something like that. It's a fucking horror film. So then you're going into the film knowing and I was just sort of on edge thinking... You know, because it's slow—not slow, but it's a—it's—it's it's a small setting. It's a house. It's a very—you know—it's a couple in a house is how it starts. So you're yeah. like, oh my yeah. god! You know, you're waiting for something to to well, start. It, it put but me actually, on the back foot. Knowing actually, it was a it, it's not quite the house because the first thing you see is a woman burning in flames and yeah. smiling yeah. at the camera, and she she there's screams and stuff, and then it all kind of melts yeah. away to ash, and then. Uh, you see a crystal being placed in a bookcase and, and then, then the everything whole, re- everything sort of regenerates, regenerates and yeah. you're like, what? And then it does go into this sort of slow paced. But you are sort of eased in nicely by Jennifer Lawrence's boobs. They were prominent, weren't they? I wondered how much we were going to talk about this. Well, they're prominent and fantastic as well. Yeah. 
she walks around the house looking. She wakes up out of bed. She says, "Baby," I think it's the yeah. First she, line she's the she's alone, isn't she, yeah, yeah. out of bed? And obviously slings out an arm looking to to reach out and and touch someone who isn't there and then goes looking around the house for her partner yes she finds the partner the partner is him the the names in this are are sort of all fairly abstract she is mother so jennifer lawrence's mother he is him javier Bardem is him i know she goes to look from outside and he startles her yeah yeah he he is a sort of I think it was a poet. Mm. Yeah. And he is struggling with a writer's block and which is causing some tension and some frustrations because he just he can't get any work done. He has his sort of workshop study area, which is like a forbidden private sanctuary where he does his work and no one is allowed to enter. It's also the room where Although it's not clear that he is actually doing any work in there particularly, is it? No, but it's his it's his man cave, if you like. Yes. And it's also where that crystal is sitting on, on a shelf. And it's 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 strictly forbidden for anyone else to go in there. That's his private sort of sanctuary where he... Which is the theme for it. lots of writers and creatives, yeah. mm-hmm. isn't it? They want a, a space where only they will be able to go and work and they have the privacy of letting their ideas sit on a table which aren't fully formulated and things yeah. like that and she is fixing up the house yeah she's renovating yeah, yeah. and it's a it's a big old beautiful house out in the out mm. in the middle of just some some fields which are all beautifully surrounded by trees and and long grass and oh, things. It's, idyllic. it's it's absolutely idyllic and, and a, a huge house as well has when it zooms out and you see the house it has every potential to mm. to be a house of horrors doesn't it because it's just yeah. remote it looks absolutely fantastic but yeah. it's the remoteness while she's painting the one of the rooms she walks towards the wall and she touches it and she sees a vision of a sort of beating heart yeah. within the walls yes yeah, and and that's it you get the first signs then that this film is a little different or there's something um not quite clear and it's early in the film you don't expect it to be all laid out in front of you but i must admit for about 45 minutes in this film i just felt uneasy mm. all the way mm. through mm. i just felt like that feeling that i'm gonna get you know is gonna be a jump scare or there's gonna be something happening i couldn't put my finger on it but you, you follow mother around and as the film develops, there's a knock on the door and it's a it's a gentleman. And I was as surprised, I don't know if you guys, to see Ed, Ed Harris, Harris at the door. Yeah. You know, so Ed Harris turns up at the door mm. and it's a conversation you don't hear. But well, you hear bits of it. He, bits he's of claiming it to be door. a doctor. He, there's something about he, he mistakes their house for a bed and breakfast. It's all very confused, but he's welcomed into the house straight away. Yeah, by man him. just is happy to have people around. Yes. Whereas everything we've seen of, of Mother, she, to me, just seemed like she was constantly confused or wasn't quite sure where he was or what was going on. Well, or, she's taken aback, though. This guy's turned up in the middle yeah, of the but, night. Yeah, but in everything, and he, she doesn't... She, she, look, she's lost. She just seems to be lost to She's me. quite innocent, well, I yeah. think. She's absolutely besotted with him. With him yeah. And she wants to do everything to, to fix the house, make it look yeah. beautiful. It was the house mm. he grew up in. Mm. It was a house that he 
that his creativity needs and she felt that she wanted to to bring that back to him and and give him all that that good stuff so when ed harris knocks on the door and just gets invited into the house and suddenly they're getting on like a house on fire and he's giving him the attention that she wanted herself. Well, it's not just that, though. It's his complete disregard for her feelings. He yeah. invites the guy in, they go off and have a lol, and she's, like, wary, and he, he never he picks up on pick that. He doesn't pick up any of that, Talk to her about it, you know, it, it, it's a theme. I think because the, 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 the film sort of stays with her pretty much all the way through. I, I mean, it may break away from her for some scenes or whatever, but the, the majority of the film stays with her. So you're in the same kind of, sort of space as she is, where... This guy is just knocked on the door, total stranger, not known to either of them. And yet he seems to just be kind of welcomed with open arms. And then there are all these conversations and little things that that you're missing as well as she is. Mm. So understandably, she's really sort of like suspicious and taken aback by this guy's presence. But he kind of greets this guy almost like an old friend. And and I think it, 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 you know, the film really cleverly puts you in the same kind of as I say, like headspace as her in the, am I missing something here? Why is yeah. this this person just allowed to just infiltrate our lives? When mm. yes. We're clearly here trying to create this. She's the one that's like, you know, quite sort of poignantly, she's the one that's creating the, like the, the household and the environment. And he's the one that's then using that as his creativity to, to do his, like to, you know, carry out his art. I think, you, you um, think I was going to say, Pete, you, you're right. I felt the same actually that I was, I felt like I was seeing it through her eyes and I was feeling yeah. what she she would felt. And that was on top of the, the anxiety of I'm about to be scared the shit out yeah. at some point. But I was starting <laughs> to feel pretty pissed off that I didn't know what yeah. was going on. Yeah, I like felt like, what the fuck are you doing over there? Just well, coming into the house and, and, and everything. And, and also frustration, there's confusion, there's suspicion. But yeah, there's just, just like, you know. And a feeling of, what the fuck would you yeah. do that for? Like, well, you know, I was yeah. pissed off for her that he was just oblivious to anything that he was doing was having an effect. He, and he just didn't pick up on it, did he? Part of that comes from the fact that he welcomes this guy in because the guy turns out to be a big fan of his book, this the the poet. You know, you've seen his book on the shelf a few times, and yeah. he loves the adulation from this man straight away. It like really massages his ego, and at the same time as he's like having these big chats with this guy that he doesn't know, you know, mother has has been absolutely adoring him and encouraging him been supportive in his work she's tried to be his muse she's you know she's done nothing but but be for him and and her love and needs and wants and support is basically ignored yeah uh, by him or not appreciated in a lot of ways and you feel that like you were saying pete that's why i was like putting on to that because it you feel that's part of what you feel as well about his character because you're so much in mother's position yeah, and, and in a lot of ways as well as, as the viewer, even though you're sort of very sort of sympathetic to, to her cause, as the viewer, you're looking at this as like, let's face it, like she's she's the perfect kind of like woman in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, she's she's stunning. She's, you know, kind. She loves she's providing love. She wants to. Provide, you know, like do it. You know, she she's good to, with DIY, which is really good because I'm shit. DIY. She seems to be a good cook. This is, I mean, it doesn't show many ironing scenes or anything, but there's definitely <laughs> some, the 
a lot. <laughs> and that, was t- that, was, that was given. Basically, that was a given. Tick, ticking every single box here. And yet he seems almost kind of... He's ambivalent. Like, at best. Yeah, he's like ambivalent to her. Because, you know, he's, he's, he's so conceited that he's far more sort of intrigued by the... The, the sort of like the adulation that he's getting from a bloody stranger as opposed to from his like stunning wife the sort of frustration then escalates the next day when woman well hang on there's what one bit just that's worth mentioning is that the that man has a puking fit and then he gets he's too got, drunk doesn't he he gets too drunk and she goes to him and you don't really see it but there's like a wound in his side, yeah. isn't there? That and it just flashes and it gets covered it really quickly and then wakes up the next morning, everything's fine. And then, like you said... It, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Now, you mentioned it before with Ed Harris, but I I, I knew the two leads in this film were going to be in it, but I, I hadn't... I knew nothing else. And weren't I, I wasn't expecting Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer rocks up and she still looks great. Is she? She's she absolutely yeah. babe. Foxy. And, wow. and she is even more... 63, I think she is, and she is still really good She looking. is actively kind of hostile. Not initially... But when, well, she she's like, oh, thank you to him, and she just ignores it. It's like the most passive aggressive yeah. thing ever. She just ignores mother, basically. Oh, first she's off. just a major piss taker. But, but the two she? lads, they they go off for a, a hike or whatever, mm. and so the two ladies are left in the house, and she gets told, no, that room, you, you don't go in that room, and she's a bit put off by it. And when they they come back and he's had a he's had a sort of turn hasn't he uh, mm. while he's been off hiking and is that when we get the reveal of his yes. illness yep. that he is he is dying uh, man it's hard without anyone having a name yeah not that we ever remember them mm. but Ed Harris is dying it's actually easier for Dan I think <laughs> yeah I was just nodding along there thinking I never know anyone's names anyway man woman yeah that's yeah. okay yeah so man man is actually dying he has a terminal terminal cancer doesn't he and they just wanted to meet him. Yeah, Javier Bardem, the man, not the man, him. They wanted to meet him before he died, basically, before yeah. it was too late. Then there's a bit of a flummoxing. Maybe they were trying to set up a podcast or something. And then suddenly man and woman are up in the in his hallowed office and they uh, drop the crystal. They're playing with the crystal. His crystal prized and they drop it, possession they? On, the, on the bookcase. He's devastated. He crushes yeah. it into his own hands. He gives hands out a bleed. real wail. And but it doesn't... He, he's, because you did see blood coming out, didn't you? You did. You've yeah. never really nope. come back to that of him having some sort of injury in his hands. But things really start to escalate. That man and woman's children arrive. Well, uh, they first of all they have a shag, don't they? They keep oh, they trying do, to get yeah. it on, don't they? Yeah, they've She's been like, they've been asked by mother to to leave the house now. It's all got too much for her. But they act like it's their house and mm. sitting in and and just wait and 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 more to the point they're. Their family starts coming in, starting with the, their two sons, one after each other, who then have a massive, massive fight, and it really, really kicks off. They're fighting but, over the, the will. Yeah. Is one of them a junkie? And he oh. wasn't going to be left any of the money? It, potentially. There was, there was upset in the family. Yeah. The older, it doesn't get it's as much. It's Gleason. It I didn't d- realise it was the Gleasons till myself. Yeah. And I, Brian I, Gleason as well. So yeah. the other one is another Gleason. Yeah. They... They end up having a fight. The fight escalates, and one brother kills the other brother. So, so just just so people can can keep up with is if you haven't seen this film already, it's a house in the middle of nowhere. A couple living there. Then a man turns up uninvited. His wife turns up the next day, 
and then two kids turn up and the wife just doesn't woman just doesn't want them to be there but they all seem to be pulled in and for him he doesn't actually mind javier bardem doesn't seem to mind them he goes off with the with the family because the, the son isn't immediately killed at the house he's like mm. sort of, well see at that point mortally wounded but then goes off with them to what you suspect is the hospital or whatever but you don't know um, do you because there's no there's no cars there's no they, like, no, they, they just go out they carry him off they pick him up and carry him out yeah again you stay with with mother but again like again he's he's sort of he's just completely even though like like his his mum and dad this this guy who's dying or dead or at the time like the, the mum and dad are there him still chooses to go off with the, the this this son who he's never met has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with he's only met the parents the day before he goes off to the hospital to kind of like you know with them and comes back like hours and hours later a bit yeah. bloodied like she mother is still dealing with like the with everything that's just happened because of how quickly everything has escalated she's totally confused and bewildered by the situation and mm. and yet still is is still trying to then when he comes back like she questions him about stuff but then is still trying to be sort of sympathetic and supportive as well she's trying to clean stains well, she cleans up the the blood from the head because it's yeah. a head wound yeah and i was being all practical and thinking well she's that's a crime scene certainly it'll be an investigation she's just mopped up all the it never it didn't really cross my mind because it wasn't it was clear that everything that was happening wasn't in a reality that worked like that that the police weren't going to turn up and stuff that's the other thing i was thinking no one ever questioned came to the house no people are visiting you know everything and no one's well said not yet to be fair (laughs) no um so but there the is stain... one stain that she can't get out, and she, it's like it's like a wound in the floor, isn't it? And I it pokes it like a through to the yeah, it was vaginal for yeah. sure, and it sort of goes to the basement below, and she goes down there, and there's a cool moment that will make you shit your pants uh, first with a frog, just for no reason, yeah. and then the blood like goes on a light bulb and it psh, yeah. shatters, but you see that there's this giant oil for. Do you see the oil furnace yet, or you see like the outline of a of a sort of sh- of a bit of the wall that's going to crumble away don't you and at this point this film can still go anywhere it's still small scale you've only had what six people Mm. in in the film so far it turns out that the the son has died and so for whatever reason they come back to the house with a load of other people now yeah they they start to have a bit of a wake well they have to wake and then she's asked to give a speech. Well, he gives a speech first and they really like it. Mm. And they say they literally put her on the spot and say, right, you say something. And she's kind of in her scrubs as well. Yeah. So all these people have turned up for a wake and yeah. she's in her scrubs. Uh, if you're confused, by the way, listening to this, that's fine. You, it's fine. Yeah, so she's asked to do the, the wake and she doesn't know. And she's kind of ridiculed and made to feel small for not knowing what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's preposterous. And, and, and like just... all the guests that arrive at this, at this sort of like impromptu wake, they're all so presumptuous. They all, like, they all keep asking her. Anyone who like goes off to the toilet, and she's like, "Oh, what? Don't go in there. Don't touch that." They're like, "Who are you?" Yeah, and, like, it's it's just it's so so irritating. I imagine to a lot of people, this is kind of like one of their worst nightmares, where people all of a sudden have just totally infiltrated your house, and they're treating you like the outsider, and just taking like treating it like their own place. Yeah, it's like w- when you have a, a party or something, and it mm. just gets so big, mm. it, it's so huge, that y- you just start seeing people, you don't know who they are, 
and they're in your house and taking the piss. There's a recurring this was it. problem with the sink. People keep sitting on the... It's not braced yet. It's just, that's not braced. Don't sit on that. Yeah. And there's this one particular couple who keep sitting on it and they're being... Oh, that woman is, who keeps going and sitting it. on it. Oh, And they, they even start sort of yeah. forcibly trying to break it, jumping up and down on it. To tell her, look, and, it's fine, it's fine. And but, that guy comes up to her and, and says something and... She says, no, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she shoes him away and he calls her an arrogant cunt or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's really out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, he tried the, to come on to We it, haven't yeah. had any sort of swearing or anything no. like that. And it's really, he didn't shout or anything, but he just said, matter of fact, and just calls her right to her face in her own home within a party that she doesn't want to be going on. And he just drops a seabomb man. You yeah. know, it's quite taken aback. And, like, and what? at this point, she's she's pregnant. No, well, well no, that, that's after. so so basically, oh, they, the wake, yes. him and and mother kind of have an argument, and then they do end up clearing the house out. Well, the, the sink them breaks out. and floods everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a big flood, and uh, so they they do kick everyone out of the house eventually, and then they bang. Uh, well, she says, and, "You won't even fuck me." Yes. Because he, they're obviously having trouble in the relationship. There's no intimacy there. Any sort of advance she makes is rebuffed. And it, it already said in the, in the wake or, or with a man and woman that I'd like kids. And yeah. at, at that point, which she was a little bit taken. Well, they clearly by. never discussed it. This, not well, discussed. Was, she was happy about it, it seemed. But, so that, um, that bit was where I started to get really on edge because the film was called Mother mm. and she was just mother. Mm. And there was no children. Mm. And when there's that look on the, because it's Michelle Pfeiffer, mm. the conversation, and she's, and he says, oh, we really want kids. And she looks. And so I was thinking, fuck, like, has there been a kid and it's dead? Right. Or what's going to happen? No, you don't know. No, so I was no on kid. edge looking at oh, fucking hell, yeah, you know, course. like triggers going off all over the place, like, you know. And so later on, then on that, they're on the staircase and she says, and you say you want kids, but you won't even fuck me. And then that night, they do have sex, and she knows. Well, it's it's almost he almost like immediately. He almost rapes her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She says no. She says no when Mm. he's grabbing her and almost strangling her. But she's so desperate for his affection, whatever it is, that she 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 takes that, and she knows immediately that she is pregnant. Yeah, she wakes up in the morning and says, "I think I'm pregnant," and you go, "Yeah, okay, that sounds about right." (laughs) That's how it works. And, 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 and which, actually things are then, you know, we sort of time jump now well, towards well, the end of the pregnancy, instant, don't we? Inspiration, really, doesn't he? He, he oh, r- yes. races downstairs and jumps out of bed, starkers, goes downstairs, starts writing. Mm. She has to leave him alone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's she's naked. so happy. Yeah. She's so happy that he's writing again. He's got this creativity and she sets to, to work on the house and and breakfast and everything else that will just Nesting. keep him mm. yeah keep well and him then suddenly she's like nine place. months pregnant basically or mm. seven he, months pregnant he has written the greatest poem of all time it reminded yeah. me of the joke that they write in monty python that if it, it's so funny that if you hear it you die yeah um it's like the, the poem is, <laughs> it's so perfect anyone who reads it seems to become obsessed with him did you see Javier Bardem's penis? It was no, close, wasn't it? No, I think he got it? a very... You got his ass and yeah. it the shot cut just before you got... But I think he was walking around with his slab out. Yeah, I would have thought so. Pete, you look like you're Googling <laughs> Javier Bardem penis. <laughs> like still, still some Javier Bardem's penis. I want a gif, at least a gif. So she's <laughs> cooking dinner to celebrate the, the brilliant works and 
this is kind of uh, weird that fans show up and then Kirsten Wig shows up and she's like, oh, brilliant. You sent me the manuscript or whatever, you know, <laughs> of your poem and it's going to be brilliant. It's Kristen. Yeah. But again, again, when he gives her the poem, he doesn't read it to her. He gives it to her to read. And she like she becomes emotional reading mm. it. And she was like, oh, this is amazing. This is stunning. And so on. And then I don't know how it's kind of revealed, whether it's a phone call or whatever. But then he says, oh, yeah, my, my publicist is like, you know, thinks it's going to, you know, sell out and so on and then she's like she said again she says she's like oh what so you've already read it to her or you've already shown it to her like she's well the first time the, the first time she even reads it she says oh, i'm gonna lose you and she cries she, just when yeah. she, res- she she realizes it's it, it's significant it, yeah it's important yeah. and she but, she but obviously knows is- that he he craves this kind of thing and it's going to become yeah. so big that he will lose interest in her again mm. And that is kind of what happens because the fans start showing up, don't they? It's just a small group at first. At first, it is just a, a small... Well, it's the press at first, isn't it? Is it the press? Yeah. And then, and then you know, he's obviously completely enchanted by the attention and his complete, like, nonplussed reactions to everything that's going on about her is just now really yeah. unsettling. Well, um, again, she's, she's made him, she's made him a meal. You don't really sort of see them, but she's like made him like an amazing meal and wants him to sort of sit down and then people come to the door and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll deal with them and I'll come immediately back. And then he just never comes back and the meal ends up getting yeah. eaten by the guests. Well, not the guests, by by the people who then, arrive and then start again infiltrating the house and now they're getting a bit rowdy aren't they they're starting to break things well first of all there's a there's a lady with a child and she says no you can't be in here you can't be here and she says oh, he just needs the loo mm. and i think the kid pisses himself and says all right okay you can go in and then someone else is she in there. starts to clean it up and then somebody else comes it, along yeah it just goes from well not zero but from like 20 to a million now it yeah. just fucking yeah. goes crazy yeah, everybody's it, come. Everybody's come to to read this poem and to meet the man that wrote the poem, and it's all yeah. But escalated. now they're getting really so, rowdy. So fast. I mean, it's people nighttime. are getting violent. It's it's night time. They should have been having a meal, going to bed, and they've got thousands of people in their house, all doing different things, and it's really well. Now you've got a SWAT team have entered the house you got, you got the and it's kind of a cult versus a SWAT team fight going on, but it's yeah. obviously disorientating, but clearly lots and lots of people are dying. It's yeah. She's yeah. trying to make her way through the crowd at one point and a SWAT guy tries to help her. Yeah. He gets shot in the face. Yeah. It's horrible. It's really fucking grim. And then she goes into labor. Yeah. This is the point where the, the baby decides it wants to, to be born. Yeah. And, uh, and she, manages to with the help of of him get upstairs to his sanctuary and give birth there and she does and just just for a moment all is kind of well between them yeah just for a very brief moment he's happy with to have a a son she's kind of exhausted exhausted and and relieved but he wants to show the baby all the the sort of like the noise and everything outside the room kind of subsides. I yes. thought 
because every time, so so there was a, like a recurring theme that something would kick off and some nastiness and bad shit would happen, and he wasn't around. Him wasn't around, and then he like him would kind of return, and even though it was like fractious for a bit, it would whatever it was would subside. So whenever he came back to her he'd then like remove her from the situation and then it would be even though like there was absolute chaos and carnage seemingly going on in the house it would it subsided and like you almost like not forgot about it but i was thinking okay there's there's no more noises and stuff they're going to open the door and, and everyone's just gone away now and i thought that that would then move towards like a not a happy ending, but, <laughs> you know, something a little bit kind of... Well, there's peace, isn't than... there? There's peace, just for yeah. a moment, yeah. peace. And then yeah. she's she's holding the well, baby. He, he, he wants to show off the baby, and she's, yeah. she's, she's like, she's no. Like, no, you're not fucking touching it. Yeah. And he just stares and waits for her to fall asleep, and she fights it off for as long as she can. Oh, my God. And so massive fucking trigger warnings for what happens next well she she wakes up to the the cheers of the crowd as he lifts their son like a trophy for them all to see yeah and uh and she runs out instantly obviously worried about the the safety of the baby which has now been taken from the arms of him it's big, it's crowd surfing is crowd surfing along and along the crowd it's pissing at one point isn't it it's yeah pissing. and it's upset it's crying and it's a really hard scene actually as you see this <laughs> very you, you know it's a, a baby a proper kind of newborn newborn baby crowd surfing off a load of people and the crying stops the crying stops because well, you, you, the, you hear, hear a, a noise yeah. oh my god you hear a noise. it's it's really really it's horrible it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a really tough moment to watch and it's the kind of thing actually you you fear is going to happen happens Bro, but then it even yeah. it gets ramped up because it, there's, a, there's a sort of makeshift altar or candles all around it and there's this sort of shaman priest kind of dude they've all got this black mark yeah on their forehead and he is sort of leading the group and then you get a shot of what is left of the baby on this kind of oh altar God. thing hacked to bits effectively it's been ripped to shreds and they and are they're eating it they are yeah. literally eating it so that's where we are with that and and yeah she's pretty angry <laughs> he, with this him then says well we have to forgive them you know we have to we they have didn't to, mean it we have to they, find it in ourselves to forgive them for what they've done instantly. and you're like what the and fuck well, well that's exactly she screams though and the whole house yeah, shakes, shakes now yeah. the whole well, she says you're fucking yeah. insane doesn't she yeah. yeah like she she i think she like she finds like a bit of glass and then just starts stabbing people yeah. and then and then everyone in the house start attacking her they're like tearing her clothes off and beating her and shooing her in the head yeah and, like, oh, really bad yes yes fucking totally violated oh it's awful by, awful yeah which, that which, scene again 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 when he then arrives on the scene that kind of sub that that subsides and then it's just back with kind of him and her albeit with people around I'm gonna be so, so naked in that bit but she said no she saw the dailies or what it was and said no we should probably take the bra off and make it look so she went for that do you know what i honestly i it didn't actually dawn on me that she was naked it's she's it's such an intense like 
everything that we've just described that's really shocking has actually only happened in the movie's time, like that period with the SWAT team and stuff. Now has all happened over the period of about 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So this you've had this unbelievably intense rap- ramping up of, of these events. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it, the, the whole scene is is terribly kind of graphic and, and it gets to the point where her anger just consumes her and she shouts and, and screams and blows everything up. Yeah, she goes down yeah. to the furnace that we've seen uh, be revealed and, and she blows, yeah. And she has this inner power that, that suddenly comes and, and the entire... A house and all the surroundings are all in flames yeah. and everyone's well, burning it dead, a, apart from him and dying her who's who suddenly becomes the woman we see right at the beginning this this woman well, you realize it's all a, a cycle mm. so she he carries her upstairs and she says no just end it you know so he puts his hand through her chest pulls out her heart <coughs> which then becomes this crystal that he has on the shelf, mm. which he puts back on the shelf. The house regenerates. We wake up, it's morning time, and another lady, not Jennifer Lawrence, but says equivalent, yeah. Yeah. wakes up and says, baby. And, yeah. you know, it's Groundhog Day. It's, it's yeah. Palm, Palm Springs. It's only more, Roll more baby eating. Roll credits. So, um, so fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we we've just watched all this, and I must admit, after forty five minutes, I was just so fucking pissed off watching this film. I was so annoyed. It was just like weird. And the more I watched it, the more it irritated me. The more it absolutely well, just, just the way the characters were behaving. The, the, in the way film. the characters were behaving. Yeah. The way that it was, well, yeah, it was not the making film me itself or... making me feel like two ways. You know, what, what, what the fuck is going on? This it is one of the most. I think important environmental films you you can go out and see i think it's absolutely fucking genius this film it's it just blew me away i've recommended it to just about everyone i've spoken to since i've seen it it's it just i just was so blown away by how this approached overpopulation how it uh, approached climate change how it approached all these kind of huge themes in such a clever way and in such a, a totally, you know, off the cuff way. New look at this and using religion and using everything else. Obviously, we start to see all the metaphors afterwards, don't we? All, all, the, all the people that... Well, he's that, clearly um, a, a sort of godlike He's God. Character. She's Mother Earth. Yeah. You've got Cain and Abel. You've got, as you mentioned before, the flood and mm. you have the, the rib is obviously, yeah. Yeah. you know... We see them, and it, it's just well, so clever. Afterwards, I felt a bit stupid and... through it when, particularly that first sort of forty-five minutes hour, I just did not know what was going on. It was really pissing me off, but it should piss you off because this is overpopulation that, is happening, Dan, and people I do that's, not. That's the point. Yeah, Dan, it is. It's, it's highlighting the ignorance because what it's doing is Absolutely. saying like, this is Mother Earth, and she's not only is she perfect in every way, she will create a completely idyllic environment for you. And repair and, and, and repair not just, everything. Not just for man, but for God as well. And then this and then what it does is it massively highlights this kind of like obsession of humans with God. But then like this it's hugely blasphemous from a like a Christian or, or I guess any kind of like religious like point of view mm. and controversial. Because it, it basically highlights how God only gives a fuck about you know, yeah, he gives, gives a fuck about people, 
But ultimately, people are fallible. He's fallible. They're letting each other down. There's this both both the people and God are totally ignoring. Well, he's and he's destroying. He's a total egomaniac. But he amazing. is. But he's also sort of he's all sort of unsettlingly sort of ambivalent to absolutely everything except adulation. Yeah, yeah. that's the he's only thing. Yeah. So uh, as as a portrayal of God, it's, 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 it is like the God that's in the Bible. You know, because yeah. Christianity is all about. You ever read the fucking Bible? It's he's great. Remember that time when he was really awesome and he did that really awesome thing? Let's all talk about how great, great he is. There's a lot of that in the Bible. Fuck it, it me. Is, it is, but it, it's different in the sense that because in the Bible, it's it's God that fucking smites ruin on people and sends down the floods and the plagues and all of this kind of stuff. But he doesn't do that in this film. It's mother. It, it's it's just it's people that do that to themselves. It's not about well, free will. It's not about retribution mm. for being assholes. It's just about this. As it's, it's very much. Dan said. Dan said it exactly right. I mean, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not like a an environmentalist in the sense that I'm constantly sort of conscious of of, of everything that I could be doing for the environment. But as a film and as a message, it's unbelievable the the, the way it approaches it, and certainly this this whole thing about. You know, humans wasting their time fucking worshipping something that actually is is of no fucking use to them whatsoever and and vice versa. It's just kind of like highlighting the futility of religion when nature is actually the fucking miracle and the thing that will make everyone feel better about themselves and more loved and valued and worthwhile and so on. But also, while all this stuff is happening, you've got this great environmental message, you've got this biblical allegory, this unflattering portrayal of, of God. You've also got a sort of thing about a marriage failing, husbands and wives do that don't make marriages work. You know, her sort of his constant seeking of things outside of her is is like a real problem. There's a load of stuff about motherhood, mental health, gender dynamics. There's literally anything you want to project onto this movie mm. because it's such an allegory you can you can come up with a, a theory and even though it is hugely unsettling it's it's really quite <laughs> it's quite something well, to watch well it, it for me what was really clever it it made me and pete picked up on it early saying you know you felt what mother felt you mm. felt pissed off. You mm. felt a bit confused. You felt like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like a panic um, attack simulator, this movie. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you know, I mean, environmentalists will feel that as well. You know, what You know what the fuck is going on here? Mm. Is everybody blind to see mm. what's going on here? I'm trying to fix the world here. I'm trying to fix the house back mm. together. And people are just tearing it up and people are sitting on the, the, the sink hasn't even been braced yet. You know, we're, we're fucking up and it's not it's not been fixed, repaired yet. And... There's so much that I think this film could could bring. I mean, it's 2017, and it was off my radar, mm. you know. And I probably well, was... would like to see this film. So I think one of the failures in this film is the fact that it's it hasn't got more views, and I haven't heard it before now. To be honest, it's a tough um, sell. No, this is not. Is, if, yeah, if you just have any inkling of what goes on in the plot you'd be like we're probably going to dodge that because dead babies and cannibalism and all the rest of it is quite uh you know they're quite hard and it, it, yeah it, i mean it's we not mentioned about watch, the but... polarizing um opinions on this it was screened at the venice film awards and at the screening it got both a standing ovation and booed which is wow it's a 
as a filmmaker, that is what you want. You want a film <laughs> that makes that makes people feel something, yeah. whether it be really yeah. good or, or really bad. Obviously, really good is better. But if you've got that polarizing opposite, I you well, know it's art, isn't it? And I, I it's think, definitely art. Yeah, it, it, 100%. yeah. I mean, th- this this is th- this is controversial. Well, it, it, it's going to be controversial, and a load of people are going to hate it because anyone who's religious is going to despise this movie because it is a pretty damning like depiction mm. of God. Mm. It is absolutely damning. He's my and, least favourite fictional deity, God. He's the one I've got the most beef with, if you... <laughs> yeah, well... like, at least, you know, what, um, Hanuman's so a monkey, is, isn't he? Yeah. This is a particularly, you know, it's regardless of, you know, regardless of uh, our own sort of personal feelings on it, th- this, this as a depiction is, is a pretty negative depiction because... Like basically, the only thing that that's positive about him is that he is. If if you fucking tickle his balls enough, he is good enough to do something really, really amazing that everyone would like. But you've got to absolutely fucking bow to him, do everything mm. amazing and perfect, mm. and everyone. And even then, he's still a, a bit of a shit. It's it's a really, really negative portrayal about God. It doesn't affect me or offend me in the slightest because I have absolutely no belief in that. But you know, Mother Earth as, as a as a character parking that we do have a planet, we do have an Earth, and there is a lot of like total disregard for everything that goes on it, including you know for religious reasons as much as anything else. And it, it, this could this film, I'm glad it polarizes opinion. I thought it was fucking unbelievable once i'd got over i must admit i really really struggled with the with the scene that like after the birth yeah of really course you did struggled with that. and uh, i had to i had to pause it and, and leave it and i was going to watch this with my missus and i'm fucking yeah, so yeah. Glad that see, particular you know, scene was i was watching and the missus walked into the lounge i was like no d- don't come yeah, out yeah. now like uh, pause yeah, quickly it, i was like you don't want to see this it really it really isn't. Obviously, you know, you know, it's it's just not the fucking sort of thing. My you, nine-year-old you know, was traumatized <laughs> by it, you know when we. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, what fun thing, funny thing I did read about is like in production after it said something about it, like for the development for this film after uh, he did Noah, Darren Darren Aronofsky, I can nearly say that began working on a children's film, and during <laughs> that process, he came up with this new idea for Mother. So they wrote it started, over a weekend. Um, also, you can read a bit of personal content in this from Aronofsky because he did go out with Jennifer Lawrence over the filming of yeah. this, and then they broke up at the end because he couldn't believe, you know, he there was quite a negative press reaction, and they they really had some falling out about that. And also, he was married to Rachel Vice, yeah. the one in the Mummy. Yes, Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Rachel Vice, and. There's a there's a thing here about like how artistic people can like exploit the people around them to deliver their content and you know sometimes you know like put their art before their relationships with their people as well so just another thing that you can read into this it got nominated there's, also, there's a reference in the actual film to the age gap between um him and mother earth mm. or mother and the, like just so happens the age gap between Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem is exactly the same as so Aronofsky is the same age as Javier. Oh Bardem. right, okay, so exactly. So, but that was obviously 
you know that, that all of this was like written and, and done before yeah that that came to pass so it's a massive irony that that then life imitating art the yellow powder yeah don't know what? don't Anyone? know don't know couldn't find anything about it I mean, you can guess. You could say it's like a miracle cure because she takes it and she feels better. You could say that it was lithium. Uh, yeah, you could say it was. You yeah. could say it was antidepressants. Exactly. Yeah. You could say whatever you wanted about it. You could probably come up with a convincing theory that it was monkey semen. I think that's what it mm. was actually. I said it on the label, but it was nominated for a few Razzies. Aronofsky for worst director, Jennifer Lawrence worst actress, and Javier Bardem for worst actor. And the, even the critics Ow. who who didn't like this film said, "Well, that's bollocks." Like the yeah. performances, Reli- the were religious good. people. Like, so, yeah, what I think, right? When a movie is like undeniably good on a technical level, if you don't like the content, if it's a bit too avant-garde for you, just say it's not your thing and move on. I I do watch a lot of movies now more than I used to. And I've seen a lot of car chases and gunfights and I've seen a lot of drama and characters, but I've never really seen anything like this. It's really quite astonishing. I think, I don't think I've ever seen a film accelerate as much as this film did in the last 20 minutes it was just that's almost like the criticism i could level at it was i don't know if it was criticism necessarily but it it goes to 100 miles an hour so fucking quickly you're just like your head is spinning which i suppose is meant to be like that yeah but it's just, it's hard to take it in. It's not for everyone. There are some people who would find the content way too shocking to watch. And we should really emphasize that point because I don't know, we described it, but we're probably not articulate enough to get across just how yeah. fucking upsetting some of these scenes are. No, I yeah. would say if you're like over, you know, 18, go and watch this film because it's one of those that you won't forget. It will make you feel something, whether yeah. you come out like I have and thought, Fuck me, what an incredible film. And then gone and spoken to anyone that will listen about, you should go and watch this film, you should watch this film. And I know some of the people will think, fucking hell, what have you put me on to here? That is just totally not my thing. But I guarantee it will make them think. Yeah. You know, and I think that's rewarding in film. You're right. How many car chases can you see? How many, you know, slapstick spoofs? This was a film that was tackling huge issues like climate change, population control, the blindness of, of religion mm-hmm. or, or what mm-hmm. that, you know, can can force people in and corral people into doing. And it really made you feel, you know, that that the pain and the, the disbelief and, and the, the kind of things that people who do care about the planet and can't understand how big business is just churning up another you know gas leak or gas oil or, or whatever the hell that you see we're that doing. picture of the the sea on the fire, fire yeah. yeah you know there's That's so much when exploitation go, yeah. we, we've done something a bit when the yeah. sea is on fire that but is but us <laughs> drinking through yeah. straws is the problem yeah and and yeah. It's, yeah. there's just so many there's so many things much like she's building the house the house was was huge wasn't it you know there was Speaking so much down. There was so much to do. It's bigger than that. And and she was slowly, slowly fixing it all, putting it all perfect. And it did, really didn't take long for the, the mob to, to rip it to shreds yeah. once they were allowed in. And, and it just became too much, too many people in that house. Well, the, the fact that the house has like a, has its own, it's got a heartbeat, it's mm. got a pulse, it's mm. got, it's mm. an organic 
And we like, see that degrade. We didn't mention that, but we see it several times in the film and you see it degrade over time yeah. until it stops beating. You know. Oh, when they start yeah. repainting the house and she's like, what are you doing? You know, I've just done that. And they're just like slapping. You yeah. just like feel it. When, the question of like, are you entertained or not is an interesting one though, isn't it? I mean, personally, I, I pissed myself laughing. You and... will absolutely have an emotional response to this film in some way. Yeah. yeah. You I, mean, I mean, you won't be like, meh. I, I yeah. felt annoyed, stupid, confused, really couldn't put my finger on it. I was pissed off. I was swearing at you, Riggs, at one point. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he making me watch this for? I mean, it had twisted logic and, and metaphors all through it. It was really kind of weird, some some surprises. I, I would say, before you listen to this, you should see the film. <laughs> yeah. But if you got this far, then go and watch it anyway. Um, I, think, I think the spoilers for this are probably warranted because you might want to know about the end scene well I, I, you personally can't talk about it without spoiling yeah. it you personally can't. i would like to have known of the themes that it was dealing with before going in it probably made me enjoy it a little bit more from the beginning and that for but i think that's but an important I, I part that, of the filmmaker's intention to make you feel pissed off to make you feel mm. confused that, to do I, all I those think, things i think exactly i think you're exactly right dan i think it's but I don't like it, feeling it, like that, Pete. So that's why no, I, you I know. know. No, I know, but <laughs> but who but does? Like the, but that that's the point. There are things that you know. There are things that we're all absolutely ignorant to at, right now. That we're all doing right now. That we're totally ignorant to, and like we were ten years ago and ten years before that. You know, we're, we're all totally and, and regardless of whatever it is that we want to then go and do with our lives or in, in like as individuals or whatever. We're, we're ignorant to things, and I think that's exactly the point. I think the fact that you, you, the fact that you said you felt like a bit kind of ignorant and stupid, it's like what's going on. You're just kind of like watching it and going along with it. That's exactly, I think, how you were meant to feel because yeah, mm. that's what humans did. Like humans just jumped on board with this. Like you've got Mother Earth one side, and you've got a deity on the other side. And everyone's just constantly jumped on board with the deity side of thing, like since the mm. dawn of time, really. Mm. Very and given a total like disregard mm. to to the earth, and that's how you were meant. Of, it, it's it's so fucking clever. Yeah. And you, uh, as someone who does give a shit a, a big shit about all of these things, the fact that you were put in that situation of feeling fucking, you know, what's going on here, and like ignorant to it all is how fucking good and strong this film is, yeah. I think. Mm. Pro- n- I probably won't pick it for next family film night, though. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. It's, is it The Cravens, Dan? It, it, was, it was one I did actually watch alone, and for obvious reasons, it's certainly not a kid's film. The the missus she did sit she did sit in and watch this with me for a little bit but she had things to do and was was doing it anyway so she was she wasn't gonna sit and commit to this but what a film I mean I will recommend this film to I won't forget it and if anybody's asking me for a film to recommend so was I entertained. I've got to say, yes, you know, I was entertained. I think it's one of the most important films I've seen in living memory. Really fucking good. Cheers, Reeks. Yeah, I obviously it was a challenge. Certainly the dead baby was difficult. But like you say, yeah, important issues, a lot of talking points in the movie, some important messages and a different kind of entertains. It's not a comedy. No. Um, 
but when you when the dust settles and you get to think about it and the cold light of day you think yes excellent really top notch exactly the same as you guys and and obviously you know I, I, yeah there, there were there were bits in that film that, that again for, for personal reasons I, I had a real struggle with but I, the fact that I can sort of you know only like a matter of days after having watched it I can sort of see beyond that that there's I think there's artistic value for it it's there's a reason for it it's not just fucking it's not just like you know how could it's not like another saw film how can we make it more gory and more yeah. fucking fucked up than the last one this is all it's not out justifiable it's not out to offend and, you in that way it's out to no, offend you in a exactly, different way you know and and it is shocking but i think for the right reasons and I, I, the, the biggest credit i can give this film is i would I, i'm not going to guarantee but i personally think and would certainly hope that in in 20 years time this will be a film that people will look back at and because i think religion will be less of a fucking you know big deal than it is now and environmentalism it already will be is. more of a big deal and i think Things like this, as a bit of art, will people will hark back to it almost like the the, the hopefully the fucking turning of the tide. Mm. That's how important I think it is. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Kids TV was a sort of streaming sensation, mm. a YouTube thing. Yeah, my kids discovered this as part of the you know when you get a Kindle. Yeah, yeah, the kids yeah. and they get the Amazon Prime, yeah. not Amazon Prime. What is it? The kin- kids Kindle Fire thing. Yeah, and they get the app, and it's largely safe, and you know there's yeah. very few pedos crawling around there, so you can basically <laughs> let them run wild. And they both kind of discovered this thing called Charlie's Crafty Kitchen. The music's good, isn't it? Mm. Uh, skip to the loo, I've, uh, isn't it? Skip yeah. to the loo, man. Like through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Charlie's Crafty Kitchen, where you can eat what you make. It's very low budget. It's yeah. clearly the theme tune recorded. The first one, we watched two episodes. I treated you to two. You did. I was recommended these by my kids. So one where they thought they'd made something really brilliant, which was the gummy bear surfboard thing. Yeah. And the second one, I said, oh, what's like the funniest one or one where they don't like what they have to taste? And they recommended the second one, which was Tasting Japanese Sweets. Taste Test Tuesday. So I feel they chose good episodes to represent the brief, although those gummy bear surfboards looked fucking disgusting, didn't they? I don't know. They were were sort of an Astro Belt. Mm. They didn't call them that. No. What did they call them? I don't know, but they were wrong. Because it's an Astro Belt. Yeah, it's, it was, yeah. It was, yeah straw, I think they called it a Rainbow Whip or something, didn't they? Yeah, it was Rainbow mm. something. And they didn't edit out when they fucked up. No. They just left that in. Never got time yeah. for this shit. So that well, was it, kind of strange. It's, it's mum and dad filming their two kids yeah. tasting food. Well, it's just a static camera. Yeah. It's like so low budget. It's, it's a YouTube video mm. that they've done a reveal, but they're doing on sweets and and things they haven't far eaten. less irritating than ryan's world i'd have to say so they yes. have that going for it yeah, yeah. right from the get-go although although australian accents are never ever going to help anything like but, well that's I'm, true uh, we've got australian listeners we do have it. quite a few lo- australian <laughs> but, listeners well, yeah. i'll I, I tell you what i i, I kind of like the, the girls actually and they were making uh, cupcakes with sugar and it was the bluest icing which i'm not massive on but i i like What's your you, favourite icing? I, 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 yeah. I love an I love an Astro Belt and uh, and you know a, a fizzy lace or something. They were get they were tucking into them and you obviously they were. What I liked about the fact they didn't edit out the stuff and they 
the, the kids just laughed at it when they made a mistake, didn't they? Yeah. They would just carry on and away you go. So if um, I was the parent behind the scenes, I'd be like, no, do it again. Yeah. yeah. Kind of they, they hadn't tried to polish this too no, much. they really hadn't. There is, a, There's only so much you can polish a turd though, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I mean, because it, it is just <laughs> like banal observations and kind of annoying noises and stuff. You can get that with you. If you go and sit and talk to your kids, you can get the same mm. same thing. So, you know, as yeah. an adult watching this, this is fairly hateable. Well, I mean, there's no reason at all but the, to the watch fa- this. It's no. like, you because my kids would know, go, on oh, look, I, watch I quite, this. And I you quite go, like that, that surfboard recipe. Really? <laughs> no. In- that was two minutes long. Yeah. Then we went into this longer session where they got the sushi out. Yeah. Well, it was sweets that Sweet was sushi. sushi. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Have you ever tried any of that stuff? No, they were a bit older now, weren't they? Yeah, but I, don't know what I did. They were a lot I did. Older. I did briefly subscribe to a <laughs> Japanese sweet subscription service. Okay, and I ended it fairly quickly because they are fucking rancid. Some of them. What? What? what, oh, what I've is... got. I get. I get. I've been to, to China and Hong Kong quite a bit, and the sweets are fucking diabolical. <laughs> There's there's the occasional like good one. Like what though? What is so foreign? Well, to they've us got that... Kit Kats in about fifty different flavors. Yeah. So they'll be like, well, cheers flavor. Japan, or... Japan actually do it better than. But like, fucking yeah. But does it taste it, like it... actual semen? Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like crisps that are you know like bubblegum flavor and all this fucking weird shit. It's just yeah. It's, it's, it's like weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. Yeah. Roast chicken flavored crisps. Uh, so in the second Wait, one, yeah, they're trying this stuff. One of them she really dislikes, and she fucking gobs it into the lid of the uh, the plastic thing, and he, and it takes like a, about ten seconds, and there's quite a lot of it yeah. coming out. But my my, what's noticeable about the second episode that you made us watch is that it's now it's no longer things that they're making no. for themselves. It's just fucking things stuff. they're being paid it's to just, put on. It's just now Ryan's world, but with food. Yeah. So they're just like these things are put in front of them, and well, now they've got to like say some silly stuff and and do things about yeah, it. And they're quite a bit. I, I wasn't. I wasn't older. sure. Yeah, they are a bit older, and I wasn't sure. If, Not if, old if, enough, Peter. I'm if, afraid if if that that's were... <laughs> Well, the, the the good news is, we, I think we only have to wait another. Year. Do you have any subscriber stats or anything like that for us from I, their channel? I do, but they're they're back in 2015, so they were bringing in 127 thousand Aussie dollars a month, which I think is about. 15 pounds quid yeah 15 yeah so that was in 2015 yeah and they had 29 million visitors a month so if you like seeing an eight-year-old girl pretend to be a walrus with some chopsticks like in a maybe in a tusk crossover yeah (laughs) potentially that might be your my my major thing was do not watch this with my daughter so i well i wasn't sure i wasn't taking the risk because it looked like the kind of stuff that yeah, I you might will find bake, on, on the TV. So they went out and I thought I'll put this on. They came back before I'd finished going through the second one. So, ah, oh, she knew it straight away. Oh, she? she'd, she'd watched this before oh, and right. she said, oh, it's really good. I used to watch this when I was little. It's Which makes really you always good, laugh because when she's only littler now, like yeah. you know, when they say, I watched this when I was little. We thought, How much littler were you? <laughs> but yeah, she was really into this. She yeah. said, oh I, like, oh, I like these girls. And they did this one once and they did that one. And I made some of the stuff. We had those ice pops and everything. So so where um, were you in, in their lives when this was happening? Apparently not. No, I... I'd, um, <laughs> So 2015, they had 29 million visitors a month. So now it's probably like a, a billion. Yeah. Let's just what say. What do people see in it? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to completely hate on it because it's kid stuff for kids. Fine. But 
you could watch a brilliantly animated no. and written thing that we've watched, like She-Ra or Spirit or something like that, or you could watch completely amateurish mm. two kids with like fuck ups in it and stuff, and that brings in like fucking huge numbers. I <laughs> yeah. just don't Eating get it. Sweets, yeah, yeah. sweets. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what sticks in, because it's probably a thousand of these shows on the internet and not all of them are going to be pulling in 29 million views a, a month. They probably, some of them have got nine. Can't we know. exploit our kids for money? Somehow? Well, this is why I was this? going with this. One of their episodes I can see here, watermelon popsicles, ice lolly block pop, icy pop, whatever. Yeah. Like they're basically... It was ringing a bell pop. a few years ago. Those, <laughs> yeah, actually. I'm thinking... 105 million views. Mm. Dear me. So they're set up for life. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? It's worked out well. They actually seem nice kids. Mm. No? Yeah. Yeah. They did to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I'm going through Ryan's world. Yeah. Well, the natural comparison, obviously, for us is. Well, you love love Ryan's world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, like, like Ryan, they're raking it in, Pete. Uh, but I agree yeah, with this exactly. idea. I, so I can't... Like, Mac- like McDonald's, like Coca-Cola, they're raking it in. Tell me the difference. Now, go. No difference, Pete. You're right again. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's all he wanted to hear. I, I agree with Saidi that I find this bewildering, the yeah. popularity of, of this content. And I honestly can't believe the goal of these people delivering their free content out to the world hoping to catch the attention of some strangers share their creativity (laughs) approval chasing they'd sell out in an instant if there was even a half decent sum of money on the table and oh i'm talking about us not them yeah listen listen to us (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it's one of those things that i looked at very quickly and thought this would be popular with my daughter i don't know what it is but it's just the kind of stuff that she would watch because she will stick it on and it's just loads of it and it keeps on coming and it keeps on coming and and it's it's dealing with sweets and they don't really say anything don't really do anything but you it's compulsive viewing all, all the same certainly if you're nine years old well i don't get it and i wouldn't have liked it when i was a kid because when i was a kid i didn't really like anything live action so why don't you any of that shit that had like mm. real people on it i wasn't interested i just wanted transformers mm. mask right. you know anything animated that was good you know i wasn't interested in seeing like real life people that's boring like, i can see that who wants to actually do stuff yeah fuck off yeah. like put the guns and the lasers on i th- you mentioned the bloopers did you watch any of the blooper no. right it's a blooper reel what a- i did watch about a minute and a half of one and there's one that starts she says good day the main ingredient in this is a spatula <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's a that's a highlight that says everything about it i mean to be honest i was instantly in favor of this over ryan's world that's what i can yeah. say about it yeah they but you honestly it. don't watch it my my question is there's so much of this shit my fucking boys are watching not this but similar things to ryan's world to this and like where where are we going to draw the line and just say no more in terms of like reviewing the- them because reality kings you're not into it pete is that what you're saying oh it's, it's bollocks but it's just I, the stuff I'd people rather... watch though with it it, it it bewilders me the popularity of it. it makes me feel like an old man but it's my kids love this shit there's very little distinction between one or another of it though exactly yeah there must be though 
because otherwise kids are idiots though as well don't forget yeah that is true yeah but kids will like it just because it's it's slightly well one's about toys one's about food one's about fucking ice cream whatever it may be it'll just that that's like what they're kind of i mean it's, it's pitched as a, as a cooking show for kids isn't it what's left like oh. kids reviewing horror movies to get our yeah. kids to sit down kids, and watch kids Mother. Re- kids reviewing dildos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think they did that on this show. It's one of the ones we haven't seen. Wow. Um, so overall, I was not entertained and I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, they're the same. Yeah, that's a, that's a trio of us in that position. Well, a, a, a quadrant, quadricycle. A quadricycle, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Take your chances, folks. But we are in a minority of 29 million monthly visitors or something. Yeah, 29 million people can be wrong. <laughs> right, that's another episode done with a slight remote element to it. Pete, when when can we expect to see you back in the man cave? Have you got another month of isolation? Yeah, I'm, I'm not out till the... 16th of july which is i think after it's come home yeah 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 but by, by the time i next see you it will have come home i think i'm i think i'm isolating for another recording and then after that you can see me in the flesh and i'll be a lot fatter and drunker okay so, so women of jersey can feel safe up until the 16th of uh... <laughs> and the kids yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah those uh, those imposed curfews can be lifted uh well to keep you entertained while you're in isolation i've got some nominations for you and everyone else the top five is going to be uh movie scenes at a grave our midweeker is blood simple it's the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. The Coen yeah. Brothers debut. We've never done a Coen Brothers thing. No. Let's hope we do a better job of it than we did with The Simpsons when we did that. Oh, that was awful, wasn't it? The main feature is going to be I, Tonya. Oh, yes. Excellent. Cool. For this. Yeah, very cool. And the kids thing is a Netflix one. It's called Zero Chill. Oh, also about ice skating. Oh, nice. So that promises to be fucking dreadful from what i've seen of it so far so, animated or no it's, it's live action it's live action stuff this i reckon so if you're listening to the show please recommend us to all of your friends and family and tell them to give us a try i'm sure they'll enjoy it as much as you do like get them to like and subscribe and to leave a review would be lovely that would really help us out and maybe we can also get to 29 million unique views a month what do you reckon no oh. It's only a matter of time. You know, give it a couple of thousand years, we'll be yeah. up there. <laughs> and Sidey is definitely prepared to send nudes, if that interests Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Not of me, though. No. Um, <laughs> uh, all that remains is to say, Sidey signing out. Reeks out. Dan's gone. Yavashti. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>